0: Bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see if. See, I must needs go and see it, I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them, I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded and yet there's room. The Lord said unto his servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the great uh, slideshow we're able to see in the testimony of your work in Botswana. I pray that, Father, you would be with the Haley's, continue to bless and use them for your glory. Now, Father, I pray you'd help us all a little bit tonight, uh, Lord, to do all that we can until you come in the place that you have us. Help us tonight be challenged by your word. I pray you bless the invitation time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. am going to jump right in uh, if we could with all that's going on in our world right now, particularly over in Israel, uh, there's naturally a lot of speculation right now. A lot of people, uh, text messages, questions that have come over my phone asking, hey, what do you think this has to do with the Lord coming back and do you think this is going to play into that? And uh, I absolutely do. I know that's just opinion, but I believe it absolutely will and is beginning to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't see the text until after church this morning where Ben Prestridge texted me from the balcony and he says, hey, I, I need you to give a four-point message this morning on why this means the Lord's coming back in two weeks, okay? And I can't tell you that for sure, okay? But I can tell you a lot of what's going on in there undoubtedly uh, is at least preparing the way for the Lord to return. Uh, Now, for some of you, that's an exciting thought, the Lord's going to be coming back real soon. Now, how big is soon and how quick is soon, I have no idea. And that's an exciting thought that he is coming. Uh, But sometimes we get very nervous thinking about the coming of the Lord and that, hey, Jesus could be splitting the eastern sky any day now and we're getting out of here in the twinkling of an eye. Now, I'm excited about that, Uh, but it also makes us nervous, doesn't it? thinking about that hey this is very real something that generations have thought about and talked about and speculated about and yet i believe that there's many of us if not most of us in this room right here we'll probably see the coming of the lord jesus how exciting is that to think about but then we get to the place where we're like okay am i ready you say well i'm saved yeah wonderful that's great but are we ready our theme this year is ready are we a people prepared for the lord Uh, I couldn't help but think about Brother B.T. Sanders there in the hospital at Merritt. I went and saw them before uh, the birth of their child the other day. And thank the Lord they had a great delivery, a safe delivery. And uh, Dad's standing there by the head of the bed, and he's an expecting father. I told my Sunday school class this morning, dads, we don't really get to do anything, do we? Uh, We just stand there and pat them on the shoulder and tell them it's going to be okay. And, And that probably doesn't help at all, but we're standing there wondering, you know, what can we do? And there's really nothing we can do as dads but just love them, care for them, and get whatever they want after the baby's born, right? Uh, Ms. Courtney says, I want some wings. And so I said, all right, we're going to make sure you get some wings after that baby is born. Now, as an expectant father, there's nothing you can do. But as an expectant Christian, as we're standing and waiting for the return of the Lord, there's so much that could be done before Jesus comes back. I'm afraid that sometimes we are standing by idly, waiting for the Lord to come back, not realizing there's a lot of things we could be doing in the meantime. All right, if Jesus is coming, and I think he's giving us a glimpse in the Middle East right now that, hey, I'm letting you know a little bit in advance things are coming together, and Jesus is going to be coming back. I mean, it could be any day. It could be before this message is over, and I never make my way home to eat the pumpkin bread. What a shame that would be. But I'll tell you, hey, Ms. Brooklyn, I'm sure this is good, but, you know, I'll leave it behind for whoever ransacks the church after the rapture happens, amen? But if he's coming... Hey, there's things we need to be about in the meantime. We don't need to spend all of our time trying to figure it out over there. Hey, there's some things that really matter that we could be doing in the meantime. And for a few minutes tonight, and I mean, man, it may be a few, okay? Uh, We're going to see how fast I can talk and you see how fast you can listen. Let's look at this thought tonight of what matters in the meantime. What matters in the meantime, and I hope this parable is going to reconnect us to our burden, that we need to be about a lot of business before the Lord Jesus comes back, okay? Look, if you will, down at this passage. This is the great supper that's been prepared. Uh, it is a meal that I don't think that you and I could imagine what was being portrayed here in this parable. Uh, I mean, look, a lot of us, we think Golden corral is a big deal, don't we? I mean, my goodness gracious, five rows of food, whatever you want. I mean, can you imagine such a spread as Golden Corral? You know, I just believe the Lord can do a little better than Golden Corral. I I really do. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be meat on the menu. I'm just being honest with you. As long as there's not celery, we're going to be all right, right? Right. Uh, amen. It's a great supper, the Bible says, that he's prepared. It's something wonderful. I think about a Thanksgiving spread that grandma or mom has put on the table. But I want you to notice something about this. He says here in verse number 17, He made this great supper and bade many, and sent His servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Now I want you to think about this. The meal is ready, the table has been set, everything is prepared, and now the time is to go gather people together. I want you to think about Thanksgiving morning. Uh, the ladies are usually doing most of the work, maybe you're a husband and you cook, but usually it's the ladies doing the work, and man, getting the turkey and the dressing, and mom always puts on a big spread, Leslie's mom and grandma always put on a big spread, their at their place, and the men are usually doing nothing. Uh, We're sitting on the couch watching the Thanksgiving Day parade or watching a football game or something like that. We're usually doing nothing. And we smell the smells, but it's not time yet. Uh, They hide the deviled eggs because the men go in there and rob them and eat all of them before it's time for lunch. And then all of a sudden, the call comes. Dinner is ready. Nothing motivates you by knowing that dinner is ready. Nothing gets you out of the recliner by knowing that, like knowing that dinner is ready. Nothing turns off the TV by knowing that dinner is ready. Everything is now prepared. And can I tell you tonight, there's some things that matter that should motivate us tonight. And the first one I want to give you right quick is the preparation of God. What matters in the meantime, all right, if it looks like the Lord is coming back, there's some things that matter in the meantime before he comes back, and that's the preparations of God. Now, notice about these preparations in verse 16. The Bible says, then said he unto them, a certain man made a what? A great supper. When it says a great supper, can I tell you basically what that means? That means it's one you don't want to miss. You know, there are some suppers worth skipping. Amen. Hey, liver and onions. I know mom's disappointed hearing me saying that, but liver and onions, you can skip that one. Chicken gizzards, skip that one. When I was a kid, we would skip, uh, what was that, corned beef and cabbage, Man, that stuff begins smelling the house up. You know, now as an, now as an old person, I enjoy it. But as a kid, I didn't care for the corn, beef, and cabbage. There's some suppers worth skipping. But can I tell you, the preparations of God is not something you want to skip out on. And that's something that ought to motivate us tonight. All right, if the Lord's coming back, and it looks like he's giving us a glimpse that, hey, things are beginning to come together, do you know what should matter in the meantime? It's the preparations of God. All of what God has done and all of what God is doing. As a matter of fact, if you're not careful, when you get your mind off of what the Lord's preparing, you will lose your motivation. Case in point, the children of Israel. God told them unequivocally, I'm preparing for you something great. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. That means it's a great land. It's a land that you want to be a part of. It's something that you want to have. And then what happened? Can I tell you what happened? They got lost in the meantime, somewhere between the call and the arrival at the preparations of God, they got lost in the meantime. That ever happened to you? You ever get excited about something and you're on your way and on a mission for something and then all of a sudden you get distracted? We as humans get distracted easily. I think about my wife. She cooks a meal for me. One of my, fa- my favorite meal she cooks, it's called stroganoff. And, oh, I just love it with steak sliced up in it and sour cream in it. I just love it. And uh, I remember the last time, or one of the last times she made that, she says, honey, we're out of sour cream. And you can't have stroganoff without sour cream. And she says, could you run to Corner Market and get me some? I said, absolutely. And so I get in the car and I go, and the, the sour cream is in the back left of Corner Market. That's where it's at. Uh, and so I walk in. I get my little basket. Because I plan on getting more than just sour cream. Uh, You don't need a basket for sour cream, but I plan on getting more. And I go to the ice cream section. I go to the chips section. I forget all of what I'm getting. Leslie something and Miley something. You're not going to believe this. Or maybe you will. I forgot the sour cream. (laughs) Now, here's the good news. The good news is I realized it before I got home. You know, what It took you a long time to go. Look, there's this lost man out there on the street. I was witnessing to him. Do you know Jesus? No, I forgot the sour cream. It's amazing. We set out, watch, and we forget what we were about. The children of Israel set out on the mission out of Egypt, headed toward the preparations of God. They got distracted in the meantime. Can I just encourage you tonight? Don't get distracted in the meantime. Hey, there's something that matters in the meantime, and it's the preparations of God. It's what God has already put together, and it's what God is putting together. And if we keep our mind on what's great that God is doing, oh, can I tell you, when we see Him, we don't have to be afraid. Do you know why so often we think about the coming of the Lord and we worry about it? It's because we haven't been busy in the meantime. We know he's coming, we got saved, and we know he's preparing a place for us. We're excited about that. But can I tell you, God's done more than just prepared heaven for you. God's prepared a will for you in the meantime. All right? There's something to be about. There's people that need to be reached. We'll see that here in just a minute. Our problem, though, is once we get our card checked, we get our little royalty card, loyalty card punched, our ticket has been paid for, we just waste time in the what? in the meantime. Notice what it says. The Bible says, verse 16, a certain man made a great supper. That means one you don't want to miss and bade many. Do you know what ought to get us off of our spiritual recliner? What ought to get us off our spiritual recliner tonight is the preparations of God that God has done and is doing something great and it's worth staying busy with until he comes. Look, I'm not just sitting at the bus stop waiting on my ride. That's what neither of you are doing either. Listen, when Jesus comes tonight, we want to be found fulfilling His will and all that He prepared for us after we get saved. We think about heaven, that God's preparing a place. Boy, this, this past week, and boy, I guess it's probably the last few weeks, had a lot of folks go home to be with the Lord and some folks within our church, some folks outside of our church. And I've been at the hospital with them and sat there on the, the couch in the hospital with them and some have gotten diagnoses that, um, that doctors say that are not good. As we sit there, uh, that's, a, that's a tough thought. I told my study school class this morning that I was joking with someone in the hospital or they were joking with me about, you know, the possibility of leaving this life. And uh, I said, look, it's all right to be a little nervous. Uh, I get a little nervous sometimes because I've never died before. I don't have any experience in it. And the person I was talking to said something I'll never forget. Uh, they said, yeah, no one's ever lived to tell about it. That's like a fortune cookie little nugget right there. I was like, that is so true. As we sat there in the hospital room, we began talking about John 14, 2. Let your, not, your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house or many mansions. And we're not so what I've told you. And then what did he say? I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare something for you. Do you know what helps keep this, keeps us focused to let not our heart be troubled? the preparations of God. Realizing what God has done and what God is doing. Folks, tonight, listen, we're watching the news. I I was glued to it yesterday. I had it going in my car up and down the road listening to Fox News, listening to the latest reports, and thinking, boy, this could be it. I mean, I even thought about it to the extent yesterday of thinking, I want to be close to my wife and daughter. I want to go together, okay? If the Lord will give me a, a hint, Brother Aaron, I want to be holding hands. Could we do that? You know, go to, uh, no, it's probably going to be, she'll probably be at Dollar General, I'll probably be at the office, Miley will probably be at the house. We'll just meet up when we get there, okay? Uh, We've got a designated spot. We're going to meet when we get up there. I was thinking yesterday, it could be, can I tell you, in the meantime. In the meantime, there's something that matters. It's the preparations of God, what God is doing, what God desires to do, and what God has prepared for us to do in the meantime. But watch this. All right, point number two, we're hurrying, all right? Pumpkin bread is reminding me, I got to hurry, okay? Look down, if you will, verse 16. (laughs) A certain man made a great supper. Then watch this. The Bible says he bade many. He bade many. Notice the supper was too good to keep to himself. The Bible says that he sends out something that should also motivate us in the meantime. Notice, if you will, the invitation of God. So the first thing that we should be mindful of and that matters in the meantime is the preparations of God. Number two, notice the invitation of God. Now I'll be honest, on one hand, as I get older, the more there's more relief in my heart thinking about Jesus coming back. The older I get. I've told you, uh, me and Miley were talking yesterday, and Miley is me made over in several ways. Mostly they're carnal, uh, but she is me made over. Uh, I says, boy, this could be any day. She says, oh, Dad. I know what she's thinking. I mean, I don't think he's going to be 20 years before you can get married, okay? I think it's going to be inside 20 years. I know what she's thinking, because I thought the same thing. The Lord's going to come back. I'm not going to get a chance to get married. Well, I mean, I'm married. Thank God for that. But I hate to tell you, young people. You may not make it. Jesus is coming back. The older I get, the more relieved I am. That my father's coming to take me home. He's going to take me out of this. And I want to be faithful until he takes me out of this. But then on the other side of the relief, I have some reservations. Why? Can I tell you why? I'm afraid we as God's people have far too many unextended invitations. We have been given the official invitation envelopes from God to invite the many. The Bible says he bade many to this great supper. And I'm afraid tonight that we have not given out the invitations we need to be giving out. Uh, Leslie and I try to get birthday cards out to our our church family and uh, every two weeks we sit down and we start writing the cards out together. And she's very astute about that. And uh, she writes hers and then I'll write write them for myself. And uh, the other day, I have to confess, okay. If you got your card late, it's my fault, all right, it's my fault. Uh, She gave me this stack of birthday cards, and she wrote in all of hers. She does a great job doing hers well ahead of time, and me not so much. And so I took the whole stack of birthday cards, because for a month, there are a lot of birthdays in our church. And I stuck them in my briefcase. I said, I'll do them when I get home. Mm. Mm. seems like when it goes in my briefcase, it disappears, it's amazing what I find in there, guys. I mean, I found some combos in there today. I'm thinking, that's going to be a great late night snack tonight. And I'm sitting in my office, and uh, she brought me another stack of birthday cards. I said, okay, this is this month's. You know that hot feeling you get on your neck? Anybody else get that, that you just forgot something? And I says, oh, my goodness. She says, what? I, I says, they're in this, oh, whole stack of, a, so if you got yours late, I am so sorry They've been riding around in my briefcase. I've just been taking them home and back to the office, home and back to the office, just letting them know what my life is like. Can I tell you, I'm sorry if you got your invitation late, or your your birthday card late. If it was last month, I am so sorry. That is my fault. But I think about that tonight, about how many of the invitations to the Great Supper that we have been given. What are the invitations? They're opportunities that God has given us to let other people be a part of God's preparations. Do you know what matters in the meantime? The preparations of God, but then the invitations of God. Could I, could I challenge you with something tonight real quickly? <clears throat> if you're not careful, you'll be looking for his return, but not be ready for his return. There's a big difference. All right? You'll be looking for it. Man, I cannot wait to get out of here. Look at our world. It is crazy. Look at Washington, D.C., I mean, it's haywire up there. No wonder all of the the world's worst are doing what they're doing because they know there's nobody in Washington going to stop them. You look at all these things going wrong, like, Lord, I am so ready for you to come back. You can be looking forward to him coming back, but you may not be ready. That's our theme this year, a people prepared for the Lord. Are you ready? See, what do you mean? How many invitations do you have left to give out? I'm afraid tonight that a lot of us, listen, I mean, I get convicted, Uh, I stick tracks in my pocket just about every day and try to give them out when I have opportunity and I'll come home and I have a spot that I put my tracks at when I come home and I looked the other day and I got a pretty good stack accumulating there. I'm thinking, boy, I got to make sure these get out before he comes back. That's what matters in the meantime, the invitations of God, things we have to give out. I was thinking about our, uh, our graduates and I'm not picking on our graduates, okay, I'll pick on other people's graduates. Uh, worked with a lot of teenagers in my life. They were kids, and as children minister, I was a dad's youth pastor, and I know a lot of teenagers through the different ministries worked at through the years. And it's amazing around May how popular I get. I get all of these graduation invitations in the mail, and it's expensive, man. You know, when I was a kid, tooth fairy, you got like a quarter. A dollar, maybe, and I talked to a kid the other day, they got a 20, and I'm thinking, oh dear. You know, graduation, what do you get a kid? I mean, I just get them well, we- hey, I'm gonna give you my prayers. What's more powerful than prayer, right? I'm gonna pray for you. Man, my mailbox it just gets loaded with all these invitations to graduation. Now, no, nope, I'm not picking on our seniors, okay? All of our seniors send me an invitation, okay? Because I, I will be here to graduation, I promise. But here's the deal. I remember when I sent out my graduation invitations, I sent out those invitations. Do you know why I'm fixing to tell you the carnal truth? I wanted you to contribute to my college fund. Is that how it works? Amen, Brother Walker. Brother Walker, yeah, amen. Brother Walker's like, can I get the address of everybody here in the church tonight before we leave? Claire, where you at? Anna, all these graduates, hey, they're, they're going to hit you up. Why? Man, that invitation, yeah, they want you to come. Don't get me wrong. They want you to come to their graduation. They do. They they wouldn't mind if you contributed to their college fund, okay? And mom and dad definitely wouldn't mind if you contribute to their college fund either. Can I tell you, the invitation of God is not to get something. The invitation of God is to give you something. What is it? Well, if you look at verse number 16, it's an invitation to something great. Listen, there's something that matters in the meantime, and that's the invitations of God. And I feel like we're the disciples there in Acts chapter 1. After Jesus ascended... The best we can tell, they're just standing there looking up. What do the angels say? Hey, what you guys doing? That's paraphrase, okay? What are you guys doing? Why stand ye here gazing? I believe. Watch. If you're not careful, you'll start gazing. Look, you'll be. We'll be locked in on Fox News and we. Lo- uh, okay. Anyway, or CNN, whatever you watch. Okay. Uh, I guess that's possible. You'll be watching your news, and we're going to be gazing. Oh, it looks like Jesus is coming back. He is. But there's something that matters in the meantime, the preparations of God, and then the invitations of God. That's why Jesus said, I must needs go. Do you know what he was going to do to the woman at the well? Give her an invitation. That's why. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. What is he saying? I've got invitations to give out. There's people in Hattiesburg that have yet to get their invitation. There are. I think about Zacchaeus. I love this. Zacchaeus got his invitation in a tree, right? Lazarus got his invitation in, a, in the uh, graveyard. The demoniac got his invitation on a, uh, uh, over out in, a, in the tombstones. What does that mean? That means, look, we can give them an invitation wherever they're at. We listen, we ain't got to wait till they get to church. Thank God for the ones who come. Thank God for the one who gets saved. But listen to me. There's people that need an invitation where they're at. We look at people out there and folks outside of Dollar General. I hit a man up outside Dollar General the other day. I'm probably going to get banned from Dollar General. But listen to me. If Zacchaeus could get his at a sycamore tree, somebody can get one in the Dollar General. We've got to make sure that in the meantime there's something that matters. And what matters is that we get out the invitations of God. So the preparations are great. We're inviting them to something great. Can I ask you this? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad somebody gave you an invitation? I don't know who it was who knocked on your door. Maybe it was your mom or dad who led you to Christ. But aren't you glad they were willing to deliver that invitation to you? Aren't you glad somebody was busy in the meantime? Number two, the invitations of God. That's what matters in the meantime. One of the saddest stories I think I've ever read uh, is about D.L. Moody and the night that he preached before the great Chicago fire. If I'm not mistaken, the story goes, it was a busy day, they had a lot of services back to back, and the service that he was in, he didn't quite finish the thought, therefore he did not give the invitation. That night, the great Chicago fire would break out and sweep all over the city, and he lamented the rest of his life that he would never get that congregation back. That group of people would never sit and listen to him preach again. Some of them would lose their lives. People were scattered, and he lamented that night not giving an invitation. Can I tell you, one day we will all lament not giving the invitations. How sad it will be for the Lord Jesus to come back, and we've got all of this opportunity, and yet we never took the time to share with with them what Jesus gave to us. Number two, what matters in the meantime? Well, it's the invitation of God. Finally, let me give you this. Look on down, the Bible says they went, verse 17, they went and told them all things are now ready, supper's ready, come on, that motivated them. And then the Bible says, verse 18, they begin to make excuse, verse 19, verse 20, they're telling why they can't, and that's going to happen, but that shouldn't deter us. Verse 21, they came to the Lord and told him, and he was angry, watch what he says. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. Watch this. And yet there is room. Verse 23. Lock it in with verse 22. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out of the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. This is very, very important. I want you to notice two things before we close tonight. They sent out the invitation, the preparations were made, the invitations were given, and yet now there is room for more people to come and be a part of that. So here's what he tells them. He says, there's room, now go out and compel others to come in. Now, the two things I want you to see that should kept, keep them busy. Number one, he told them to go out. Well, that means they have room. Number two, that means they have time. There is room and there is time. What is that? Number three tonight. What should matter in the meantime? This is the motivation of God. What should matter to us in the meantime? Well, the simple fact, there is room and there is time. For him to tell them to go out, that means they have time. For him to tell them, hey, go out and compel them to come in, it means there is time and there is opportunity. It's impossible for you to read your Bible and not see those are two of the greatest motivators to be about the will of God, time and opportunity. By the way, I often will talk with folks who no longer have much time and do not have much opportunity, and it's the greatest thing that they regret, not staying busy in the meantime. I want you to think about the Apostle Paul, Acts 17. Here he is in Athens, the Bible says, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, wholly given to it, the Bible says his spirit was stirred within him. And what did he do? He went and disputed with them. I'm going to give you a hypothesis, okay? They did not have watches back then. Maybe they had sundials on their wrist. I don't know. I think Paul is looking out over the city of Athens and he sees the city wholly given to idolatry. And he does something like this. I've got time, and I have the opportunity. And he ran to dispute with them and make sure they got an invitation to the unknown God who they worship superstitiously. Now, folks, I believe all of us need to look at our watch and realize right now we've got time. Right now what matters in the meantime is we have time and opportunity. What does Ecclesiastes 9-11 say? Time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance. We've been given this time and this chance to do what? To go and make sure that we give out all the invitations we can. Can I tell you something before we close? If you're lost tonight, there's room for you. What did he say at the end of verse number 22? And yet there is room. I'm thankful tonight. If you're lost, there's room for you. No matter who you are, where you're at, there's room for you. But can I say something to say, folks, before we leave here? There's still room For us to get to work, still room. There's still room for us tonight to get right. There's still room for us tonight to get where we belong. There's still room for us tonight to get busy about the will of God. There's still room. Why? Because we do have time and we do have the opportunity. And the motivation of God tonight ought to stir us to make sure that if He is about to come back and the eastern sky is about to break, we're going to make sure we're busy in the meantime. What matters? What matters? The preparations of God. Oh, my goodness. God has prepared so much for us up there, but also prepared a lot for us down here. We got a lot of work to do. Number two, the invitations of God. God has given us the great opportunity to invite others to something great. Can I ask you tonight, was it great when you got saved? Was it great? Is it still great? Look, the world's going crazy, and the worst case scenario is you die. You're like, well, I don't want to do it. But that's the worst. Somebody said this the other day. For the lost person, this life is the closest they will ever get to heaven. And for the saved, this is the closest we will ever get to hell. Think about that tonight. We need to be busy with what matters in the meantime preparations of God, the invitations of God, and the motivations of God. There's room and we got time, so let's get busy. Amen? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Could we be tonight like the disciples, Acts chapter 1,